0: To our third ever World League Special And this World League Special is extra special Because we're taking a look at the playoffs in League 2, League 1 and the Championship And to do all that, I've been joined by all League expert, Johnny Clark Was that mm. a, a nice special introduction for you, Johnny?
1: Yeah, I wouldn't go as far as saying expert on this um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's a, it's a pleasure to be here again, just us two for the third Third consecutive time. Um yeah, I hope the listeners aren't fed up of listening to us talking talking shite by this point. Uh oh, we know
0: our lot of league football though, Johnny, that's why we're the, the two I've say two musketeers that doesn't not make sense. Uh so yeah, we'll just we'll we'll go straight into it uh, and we'll start from the bottom. We'll start at the League Two playoffs. And we'll start at a game that took place, the the first playoff game to take place, which was, of course, Cove Rangers and Spartans. Uh, Now, I think you guys did talk about this game a wee bit in the last podcast, the Weekend Review podcast. Uh, But we'll we'll go into it in a wee bit more depth. Uh, Of course, Cove Rangers, they smashed Spartans Mm. 4-0. What were your initial impressions of this one, Johnny, when when you heard the scoreline?
1: Yeah, um obviously I've got the notifications on I've had them on all season for the for the Highland League and I see the score coming through and I was at a game in, up in Forest with my mates and I, I think we were all pretty stunned by it Saying that's one of the best results I've seen this season um, mm. obviously don't see a lot of, of the Lowland League but see a lot of the Highland League and uh, I know that Cove have been magnificent and obviously they hadn't lost for from two days before Christmas until they lost to Forest last month. Um, but they had a lot of injury problems and I seem they lost 3-0 in the middle of the week to Nairn, who were just below the mid-table in the Highland League. Uh, well, bang, right in the middle of the mid-table in the Highland League. And they lost 3-0. Obviously not at home, because they don't play at home. Um, not until next season anyway, but a uh, 3-0 reverse to them. And I did worry for them a little bit, but it looks like they've got They've sort of been resting players in that game, and they've got the the squad back together. And I'm pretty sure it was a, pretty much a first team, apart from uh, midfielder's name escapes me who has an ACL, uh, ruptured ACL. But I think the hmm. the team was pretty much back, and as I said before, it's a a phenomenal result um, to beat the the Lone champions four 0
0: I mean Spartans to be fair, and they were missing their top scorer. Um, Jamie Dishington, I believe, hmm. who'd uh, scored 11 goals this season. But then again, this is still a. I don't, I don't know really what to say about this game. It came as a bit of a surprise to myself because you never really see. And we've had. Maybe it's been a couple of years now, we've had the Lowland League, Highland League playoff, and this has been as comprehensive as it. As they come, really, Um, and you really don't hold much hope for them in the second leg. But um, I think it's worth pointing out that, uh, I mean, just watching the highlights, um, there was some highlights on the Press and Journal website. uh, Shout out to a Mr. Dave Edwards, uh, very good coverage of the the leg. Uh, Also, a a great moustache as well, so uh, kudos to him. Uh, But yeah, there was a lot of... um, I mean, they were all over them, uh, absolutely all over them. Uh, the majority of chances, certainly go my the highlights, seem to be uh, coming from from Cove Rangers. The the third goal as well, and I'm not sure if you've seen this, Johnny, but the assist seen, yeah. with the third goal is absolutely stunning. It's a kind of back heel kick, and the boy as well, he's as calm as you like, and he's kind of looking over to the manager after as well. Um, he, puts, he does this kind of back heel kick, and it sets up a header for... Um, And it was Eric Watson who got the goal. Um, So, yeah, just even that goal itself, it was uh, absolutely sublime. And I was not expecting to see that in a game like this.
1: Hmm. Nah, me neither. I thought, yeah, it was one of the best assists you'll see all season, really, is (laughs) Um, a sublime bit of skill. But I was saying, it's just even looking at the Spartans team, I know they they actually lost in the Cup earlier this season to Fraserburgh, who are fourth in the Hound League this year and quite a bit, probably quite a bit worse than Cove, because um, Cove really ran away with this in the league this year mm. um, but even still, it really is it's a staggering result and uh, i say they really have shown a lot of ambition, Cove, to as I said, last season with Bucky, they didn't really want to go up um, we've seen that with Brora as well and they lost him in Trolls. they were very unlucky actually uh, Brora, but those two teams didn't want to go up, and Cove and um, for me I think they really they really, really want to play in the in the league system and it's maybe due to their location I think because Aberdeen's probably more friendly to get to and from than the likes of Brora and Bucky. It's certainly Brora which is absolutely miles away from everything. Um but I think it's more friendly Cove to, to get to and from. They definitely want to go up. But saying that they're playing against a Spartans team that want to go up as well. You know and and they're right obviously in the heart of Edinburgh so it's it really is an impressive result, and I, I as you mentioned, the second leg there. You, there's no, surely no way that Spartans are turning that round. I mean, mm-hmm. as you say, against a team that have lost twice in the Iron league in a year and a half, and for me, it's just going to be a formality. Uh, it's Wednesday night or is it tomorrow night? It's,
0: uh, it's tonight. It's tonight. Tuesday night. Um, so, yeah, um, uh, the game will be taking place tonight, but. Mm. Yeah, I mean, as you said, I think. I don't know if this is a bit harsh because obviously, I mean, Spartans were worthy winners of the league, but there was a lot of talk at the start of the season about East Kilbride. And I think even if you just look at the two teams on paper, you look at Spartans and you look at Cove Rangers, immediately, you know, you look at Mitch Meganson, who obviously a lot of people will know of from uh, coming through at Aberdeen and, you know, mm. being in. Uh, being in a lot of kind of low league teams I think a lot of low league teams would actually take him to be honest with you uh, even a guy like Ryan Strachan he was at Peterhead last season and he was yep. on the bench and um you compare that to, to Spartans and they've got the the boy the Georgian boy who's at Forest yes uh, I, th- I even put the pronunciation there on the on the notes but I'm not even going to attempt it because I just know all, absolutely <laughs> uh, I'll just ridicule myself uh, if I try to say it but yeah um, I mean, was he uh, I, I know you did point him out to me when we saw him, but yeah. I suppose he is a qu- a quite a young player. and But he was on the bench and stuff, so I, I don't know. It's, would East Kilbride have, have done better or has that been very harsh to, to Spartans? Um, as I say, I've not seen
1: too much. I've seen East Kilbride obviously against Forrest, as you say, and I thought they were the best team in, in the Lone League. Um, but that would just be i I say it would be unfair for me to sort of make a comment on who's better at Spartans than East Cobride and I think Spartans' at the end of the season was fantastic, so they probably are yeah. deserved title winners, but it's, as I, as you say there, it's, it's hard to imagine East Cobride obviously doing worse against Cove than a 4-0 defeat, because it's pretty much game over for Spartans, and it's, it's a huge disappointment for a team who want to get promoted to be beaten so comprehensively as well, because um, we've seen teams that don't want to go up Put up a better fight than that over the last couple of years. Um, yeah, so
0: that's actually a very good point because, as yeah. you said, there's obviously been Highland League teams. I think, I think back to Bucky, uh, most notably that didn't want to get promoted, and hmm. again, as you said, it took a, a Marvin Andrews ninety stoppage time winner for, yeah, the, for them to end their hopes. So. Was, was it against so Yeah, that was Brora, yeah. Okay, right. So they was my, last season they were champions. I'm getting my Highland League teams uh, mixed up there. But, yeah, I think... Uh, I mean, the only reason I say is and again, it's probably quite harsh, but I saw them earlier on in the season they beat Stenhouse-Muir that day. Ach, They've yeah. got a guy with like Billy Stark and, as manager. They seem to do fairly well in the League Cup. So that was just my... Hmm. where I was kind of coming from with that. Um, and maybe the one-off game they might have done a fair a wee bit better. But... Um, again that's probably very unfair to Spartans Um, we'll we'll talk about the second leg then, is it it over or do Spartans have any chance of uh, getting something out of this
1: you have to say it's I mean it's 4-0 and as I mentioned before it's a Cove team that really don't lose very often and it's a Cove team that are just getting all their players back to full fitness they've clearly had enough time to focus on this as well, I mean they've wrapped up the Highland League I think a month ago potentially um, certainly with a few games to spare anyway so they've obviously had time uh, to assess the injury problems, get the players back and just they were clearly firing all cylinders on Saturday all ready and all fit because they were just blasted Spartans I mean on the highlights you didn't see there wasn't a Spartans uh, chance on the highlights, yeah. I don't right, know if that, the that might have been the point of view the,
0: Yeah that may have been the Highland yeah. bias coming through there but I'm not Again, well, it's 4 nil, and...
1: Yeah, surely they would the still show kind of chances for, for the opposition,
0: right? Yeah, you think so. The Highlands is not
1: um, some sort of fake news media port. <laughs> <laughs> Spartans had no shot. The game actually finished 3-0 to Spartans. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> it's just uh, i say, surely if they had chances, they would show them. I and mean, I didn't see a single one. that just looked relentless. So, the Spartans' keeper makes a great save as well at the start by all by all means it could have been more from watching the highlights mm. um, and they just looked a, a step above Cove and I uh, personally think and I've said it for a, probably a month now since they wrapped the title I do think they'll go
0: up as well mm. Just finally on this game uh, do you think the travel had any effect and if so is that likely to affect Cove in the, in the second leg or do you think that's just uh, that's kind of overplayed that, that factor?
1: Yeah, definitely think it's overplayed, yeah. Mm. I don't think there's there's any impact. It's only it's in fact it's not even that because it's only Edinburgh Aberdeen. Which is I mean, you would never say that if it was hearts I away. If it was hearts up at Petodrey on Friday wouldn't be giving them that excuse and I know that the players would have been working the day before or whatever, but it's nah there's no there's no excuse mm. for for travel distance for me. It's not it's only a couple of hours up the road.
0: So we've deducted that Spartans are absolutely garbage and uh, they have <coughs> no hope in the second leg. So, uh, yeah, best of luck to Spartans tonight. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I think then we'll, we'll talk about the, the playoff final, which ov- obviously will be against Cowdenbeath. It will be either Spartans or Cove. Most likely will be Cove, I think. Uh, so mm. what are... I mean, if Cove do inevitably go through tonight what are their chances against Cowdenbeath I've said there I think they'll they'll beat Cowdenbeath
1: Um, Mm. just I know you probably disagree and obviously you'll say after why Cowdenbeath will win for the fourth time in three years or whatever it'll be Um, (laughs) but no I think that as I say Coles confidence has got to be through the roof and Cowdenbeath completely opposite Uh, had it been had the season ended a month ago, maybe Cowdenbeath, where they had a a couple of wins in the bounce, might have been more confident. But they're clearly the worst team in League Two. Twenty two points is a, a miserable tally, and I I just say they've they've not even picked up confidence. At the weekend, they were two nil down four minutes, and that was uh, how it finished against Annan at home, mm. which is exactly the sort of game and Cowdenbeath have nothing to play for either, but a mid table team at home last game of the season when you've got playoffs coming up, it's the sort of game where you're wanting to improve confidence and learn a few things about yourself and, and learn a few things about the team if you're the manager and uh, I think that people at Cowdenbeath will be very, very worried, especially with uh, how tough it'll be to get out of the loan league if they do go down, which they'll have learned from obviously East Stirlingshire
0: uh, his relegation a couple of years ago mm. I mean to be honest with you, because I was quite vocal in the past about Cowden and Beath and their chances. I think after watching the highlights of Cove Rangers, I'm a wee bit more pessimistic. Uh-huh. I think... I don't know. I, I still feel Cowden and Beath will get the job done, but it's not going to be easy by any means, and I think this will be certainly the biggest test that any senior league side has, has faced so far in these in these playoff games, because... Again, the reasons why I think they'll do it, it is geared towards the 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 league sides. I think Cowan and Beath. There's so much expectation on doing it, and I think that and Gary Boland's a decent manager. I think he will have them up for it. Uh, certainly, we'll have them more up for it than if Billy Brown was in this position. <laughs> um, and I think, I just I I think again you talk about form. they've they've went into this on okay form not great form but it's better than what it was at the start of the year so at least there's players there that know that they can win games whereas at the start of the season those players there that that didn't know what winning kind of felt like really (laughs) they had not won since September or whatever so yeah it's maybe grasping at certain things but I just got a feeling that they'll get it done in the end Um, but yeah uh, that is the the League 2 playoffs, so it'll be either one of those three teams that we'll be seeing in the League 2 next season uh, we'll now shift gears again we'll go to League 1 the League one playoffs. Uh, the first one is Stennis Muir Queen's Park that's tonight at quarter to eight uh, one team we know quite well, uh, Stenhouse Muir. I think we've both seen them there uh, numerous times this season. Yeah. Uh, quite an interesting game of the weekend against Stirling, actually. Uh, I think it worked out quite well for Stenhouse Muir. One each draw with Stirling. Uh, they're now playing Queen's Park as opposed to Peterhead, who they would have been yeah. playing if they'd won the game. Uh, that is, I mean, what is it that is that maybe being harsh to Queen's Park because they're a league above? But I think everyone probably would have wanted to avoid Peter Head.
1: No, I think if... I don't know if you'd listened to the podcast that me, Ryan and Gamber recorded last night, but um, I suggested that uh, Sterling would have been best served to smash no goal in the last minute. So uh, I do probably agree with you. Uh, <laughs> I think that there's... Obviously if Sterling had finished, if lost the game, they'd have finished fourth, and ironically that'd have probably been better. Because I do think that Queen's Park are no one near as good a side as... Um, as Peter Head. Um, obviously, you can say that Peter Head are now, are now... Their side are in decent form. It's just been incredible, incredibly difficult for them to keep up with Montrose, who were incredible and, and thoroughly deserve to win the league. And You could argue that they'll maybe be a bit deflated, but I just don't see it. And Obviously, with Queen's Park's 3-0 win on Saturday, that was exceptional as well. Uh, so you could argue that they will be up for the playoffs, but I think, for me, Peter Head, despite being... A tier below
0: are still huge favourites for these playoffs. Yeah, I mean, just going back to Muir, I mean, they've got a they've actually got quite a decent record against Queens Park in the playoffs. They they beat them in two thousand and nine and two thousand and fifteen. However, I think uh, well, Stenhousemuir were in were in League One at that time. They, they finished ninth on both occasions, and their ro- roles are reversed a wee bit. So, do you think that makes any difference? Do you think? The team finishing ninth in League One has any advantage? I think that just goes out the window.
1: No, I think because the playoffs in, in League One and, it's total and to the Championship from League One and to League One from League Two mm. are actually fairly set up, um, mm. and I don't know why the the SPFL don't realise that those playoffs are like, those playoffs are perfect. I think that they're, they're really good playoffs. Uh, it's a fair system and that they should uh, adopt that system for the Championship to uh, the top flight as well, because it's clearly unfair, as we've seen with the top flight. But no, I don't think there's any any sort of advantage for Queen's Park, other than the fact that they've maybe been playing at a higher level this season. Um mm. But then again, you can counteract that with the fact that they've not really been winning games, Um so that the confidence won't be there. But I think for... You you pro ma- massively favour Stenys' position to to Stirling's. and uh, Stenys' chances to Sterlins given Sterling's end of the season is was utterly mm. terrible, and uh, I know Stenys was very hit and miss too, um. But I think, as I've said before, Queens Park's a much more favourable tie than than Peterhead.
0: Yeah, just on Queens Park, uh, I mean, they looked great against against Arbroath. Um Both uh on all these goals were were superb. They've got nothing to lose here because they thought—I mean, they thought they would be finishing tenth, really, going into it. Hmm. And I think for maybe the last couple of weeks, we're probably thinking well, the likelihood is we're going to finish tenth. You got this great result against our growth, so I mean, does that have any effect on the match? Do you think the pressure is off Queens Park here?
1: Um, I don't Especially compared to Stenhousemuir,
0: who have who have been—I mean—chasing playoffs for the whole season.
1: Yeah, I suppose there's that expectation, but I still think Queens Park would have fancied their chance of the finish above above Albion, given how drab Albion's form's been since well the last few months. They've hardly they've hardly won a game. Um, I think uh, C- Queens Park obviously only won the last game. I think they were about six without a win before that. So I don't know. I don't think the the pressure's completely off them, and I still think that given that they are the League One team, they'll still they'll fancy themselves to beat Stenhousemuir. I do. I think they will, I just, I personally think the Stenner, uh, will be f- happy with that tie over, over Peter Head, but you still think if you're Gus McPherson, you're you get, you're get telling your players that, look we're a higher level team than Stenaire Beer. we're probably a better we've got better players than Stenaire Beer. I'm sure McPherson will th- thoroughly believe that and I'm sure he'll put pressure on the players to, to stay in League 1 even if they're probably not going to be the bookies favourites to do so
0: mm. Uh, we'll quickly talk about the uh, the other tie I know we did briefly mention both teams uh, as you said Sterling in absolutely awful form going into this game uh, mm. they've really limped over the line the last couple of weeks uh, they look like they'll be missing Andy Little, he came off in the in the Clyde game I was at actually uh, due to injury, uh, I mean even Sterling they look quite lethargic in that game uh, and I think they'll need, they'll need guys at like Darren Smith, of course, who was uh, player of the year, uh, even Peter MacDonald as well. They need guys like that, fit and on top form, if they're going to have any chance of beating Peterhead.
1: Yeah, i um, say they've won one point from their last five games, and Peterhead have won six in the bounce. It just on it, it looks like um, Peterhead would be absolutely huge favourites, and that's one of the things that we love about the playoffs, because it is, it is so unpredictable. And you just don't know how long Sterling have been focused on these playoffs as well. Um, obviously, with yeah. Peterhead, have won six in a the bounce. They probably thought that if they'd won the last six, that they would have won the league. Um, and they've obviously gone right down to the last day, uh, trying to win the title. As I've said, they could be deflated. I don't think they will be. Um, but Sterling have known for a while that they're going to be in this in this in the playoffs probably for a couple of months now they've known that they were going to be in the playoffs and obviously they've maybe taken their eye off the ball because you've seen that they could have lost their last five and they'd have still made the playoffs um, mm. but they've probably known for a while and you might argue that they're maybe coming into this game with they've had their eye on the, the playoffs for longer they might be more prepared but I just do think that Peter Header streaks ahead and, and say so you can only give the, the most credit in the world to Montrose for actually managing to win a League Two title against this Peterhead team because that's a phenomenal achievement. Because there's no way Peterhead should even have been League Two to begin with, and if you look at their uh, their budget as well, they they were expected to walk away with a league uh, at the start of the season.
0: Well I think the reason they were in League Two is because the, well the record in the playoffs hasn't been great. In recent mm. years, uh, they were obviously thrashed by by four for, I think It was seven two in aggregate. It was five one away from home, which was the second leg. I, I remember that one and been yeah. absolutely stunned. Uh, Air as well, again we were actually at. and uh, I think it was twenty sixteen. Uh, missing out in the last day, well, m- missing out and and penalties. Uh, it was very very harsh uh, for Peterhead. So I mean they've got yes, they're on good. They're in good form going into it, but. There is something about the playoffs and and Peterhead that hasn't always worked out in recent times, but mm. uh, yeah, I think it will be certainly interesting uh, looking at that game. Do we have? Do you have any predictions? Do you think it, it will be Peterhead? Then you seem to be quite strongly favouring Peterhead's chances here.
1: Yeah, and and it could be a big mistake, but I do think Peterhead are the the strongest team in that in that playoffs. Um, I think it will be a Peterhead Stenney final. Um, and I an know Steady have actually done quite well against Peterhead this season. They went up to to Balmur and won last month. So they, I tell you, they'll they'll be fancying their chances. But I do think that Peterhead are just a step above the the rest of League Two, as I say. So, and then in nine out of ten seasons they're the one, but they've come up against a phenomenal Montrose side. Um And the, the, the only hope for for Sterling is man <laughs> trying to get out this <laughs> wretched run and. Just hoping that uh, Peterhead and are the two best
0: players that are on good form, basically.
1: Yeah, I I mean, obviously uh, uh, Smith it, is playing here too for yeah. for Sterling, so he'll be obviously uh, get high off of that, um, and rightly really so too because he's had a fantastic season. But yeah. I say it's just it's difficult to imagine. Sterling having a chance against this this Peterhead team is as weird as that is to say because they only finished you know second and third in the league, but there was twenty points between them, and I think that does it does it justice as well.
0: Yeah, uh, talking about player of the year. Uh, we'll now we'll discuss the the League Two team of the season. Which was released? Oh, I think it was released. I don't know if it's actually been properly released because I had to find it. I have to go and scour forums for this, but uh, I believe this is the the League Two team of the season. Hmm. Uh, I'll read it out first, and then I'll get your thoughts on it, Johnny. Uh, Greg Fleming and goals. Peter heads. Uh, Jason Brown, Peter Head, David McCracken, Peter Head, Sean Dillon, Montrose, Andrew Steeves, Montrose, Harry Payton, Stenhouse Muir, Thomas Riley, Elgin, Willie Gibson, Peter Head, Mark McGuigan, Stenhouse Muir, Ronan McAllister, Peter Head, and Darren Smith, Stalin, who we've obviously mentioned before.
1: Yeah. Um, personally, the the one change that comes to mind would be I think Goodwillies had a better season than McGuigan. Yeah. Um, you mentioned I don't know. I don't know why Goodwill is not in there. He's he really has had a phenomenal season, and he's he's a step above League Two level. There's no doubt about that. Uh, McWigan's a good player as well. Obviously, he's had a great season too, and it is arguably it's de- well it's definitely the the hardest part of the the team to pick because there's been so many standout strikers in League Two. I thought that was a bit harsh. Um, rest of the team. Uh, Fleming's not a surprise, given how. Uh, well he was fantastic at air and he's that was in the championship goalkeeper. yeah he's really good yeah. um, I thought his brother was really good as well for, for Montrose uh, yeah I th- to
0: be fair I think it was between those two um, yeah. for, for goalkeeping position but um, I don't know maybe, maybe his name kind of won out there because obviously as you said he's played for an air before so maybe that wasn't uh, people's thoughts when they were, were casting their vote, but mm. I think the one that is a wee bit of a surprise to me and we'll talk about names there, is David McCracken who obviously has been on this very podcast uh, I don't know, I mean he has obviously he's the captain of Peterhead he's played a lot of games uh, towards the end of the season at the start of the year he, when we interviewed him he wasn't playing too much and I don't know if that's due to injury or or just trying to get up to speed with everything, but um, mm-hmm. I don't know, it just came a bit of a surprise, but it's not, not not doubting his ability, it was just, um, was a bit surprised given his lack of uh, game time at the start of the year, but I think everyone else you can kind of say, yeah, they probably deserve to be there, again, agree with you, I think Goodwillie probably should be in there, but um, I don't know if there's maybe other reasons as to why he's, he's not in there, mm. not been picked.
1: But... Yeah, well, I suppose if you have to say, if there is, that has an end through it, then it's probably not a uh, fair reflection because it is Team of the Year after all. But i say the rest of the team, is um, that's the only thing that sprung to my mind. And it's even you could easily make an argument that obviously all the players that are in it have made the playoffs and Goodwillie hasn't. Uh, you could argue yeah, that there's something yeah. to that. But
0: apart from obviously Thomas for from Elgin. That, uh, all, all the strikers, sorry I went. Sorry, yeah.
1: Um, but I think you're looking at um, probably the toughest part of the team to decide and maybe Goodwill had a bit of a slow start to the season as well I've seen Clyde a couple of times at the start of the season he wasn't as influential as he is now as I say he's been, he's fantastic the last time i seen him um, and Jason Brown I'm looking at peter Head as well 21 years old and 8 goals from right back is a fantastic season for him um, but as I say it's, it's hard to argue with the, with the team
0: Yep. Uh, with that we'll move on to the Championship Playoffs uh, and we'll begin with our and Wraith Rovers it's actually a game I'm going to uh, that's tomorrow night uh, and this is just it's such an interesting game this one because mm. I think if you're a Wraith fan you're wanting, you're just wanting to forget this game and uh, and when you know it they're actually playing them uh, this Wednesday so it's uh, it's are Are Wraith Rover's gonna get revenge in this one, or uh, are gonna are they gonna see it out again? Do you think this
1: this game is just like mind game central? It's yeah crazy it's, it? because as I said the Aloha the Aloha have given given us the most exciting end to the season, obviously by <laughs> drawing with Air and then with Wraith as well. They've given the title to Air, despite looking like they'd taken the title away from Air, and then. On the last day, they've obviously decided that they'll play Wraith instead of Air. Um, which is up. Abs- oh, what they would have lost would have played against the Barton. But it's just. It was honestly crazy because there's, there's got to be so much going through your mind there. Like, who do you want to play and stuff like that mm. as well. And I suppose when he set up for a, a nothing each draw, and even still, they could have come forth if they'd. Uh, if they'd won the game, because our broth started the day a point ahead, I think, and lost to Queens Park, which obviously they'd have been expecting our Ar- to win that. So it, there's so much going on. It really is. Um, it's going to be a lot of mind games going on, but I do think that it's going to be quite an even game. Uh, Alloa will be desperate to make up for their playoffs last year, when they obviously lost to Brechin uh, against all the odds, and that that is a, a massive upset, even for. For a club like Alawa to lose to, to Brecon was a a huge thing, um, so I'm sure they'll be desperate to to make up for that this season. But yeah, that that's this playoffs are these playoffs are so tough to call. Our both against Dumbarton as well. Uh, Dumbarton start the game over two to one, which is <laughs> absolutely crazy to think of. Yeah. Um And it's the first time in the playoffs for six years, is it? Which is.
0: Bonkers I think you could as be well. right there. I'm not. I've, I haven't looked into that, but you might be right. But. Yeah, I mean, even I mean, in terms of Wraith, like, it's just, they've not been great away from home this season. I think their home record has really carried them. And what, I mean, going by what uh, Jim Goodwin said post-match, he basically said he he, he was trying to he was trying to shit house his way to a draw, essentially. Um, they set up to restrict Wraith throwers. they set up to frustrate, they, they sat back. I think this being at home, although Wraith uh, the record on, on the road isn't great, I think them being at home, I don't know if it maybe favours Wraith to an extent because they'll maybe be expected to open up a wee bit. Uh, but I don't know that. Then, then again, they might still try and hit them in the counter because that it's it, it sort of worked on the <coughs> on Saturday. It's just uh, they couldn't get the couldn't get the goal, but I think even I think these will be low scoring games. I'm not expecting a lot of goals, um, mm. but I think. I think nobody, as you say, mind game central is a is a good rephrase there because I mean, how do you get yourself up for this game if you're a wraith player?
1: And exactly, and if you're an Alloa player, then you don't need any motivation. Yeah. And I just as honestly it's, <coughs> as you say, um, a lot of the game can be mental, and well, that is surely the team with the best mentality has got a better chance here because say so there's no doubt again, as I said with Peter Head. And the gap between Wraith and uh, Alo was nearly the same as the gap between Peterhead and Sterling, I think. But th- this is just completely different. It's got a completely different feel to it. No are coming on decent form. And uh, I'd also say on any other year, when I mean, Aaron and Wraith have been outstanding this season, then Alwin and, and both on another year would have fancied themselves to be up in the, in the mix for the title. And so I think Aloha have definitely mm. got a point to prove, I would say, after the last year's playoffs as well and uh, yeah they've, they've managed to get a few good players into a few players into Team of the Year as well which just speaks volumes considering how obviously they've finished quite far behind Wraith and there
0: yeah um, I mean, we, we we will go on to talk about the, the team in the season in League One but yeah as you said the I mean that was something we criticised Goodwin at the start of the year his recruitment mm. but he got it right in January to be fair to him and they've been they've been terrific since then uh, it would be I mean, this is certainly a really tough tie I think even compared to Barton I think I don't know if Wraith maybe would have even have fancied himself more against the Barton but I think this game being so close to the game on Saturday and with the confidence that obviously our will probably have I think they'd be a bit wary of this of this tie but yeah um, we'll talk about Arbroath and Barton you briefly mentioned that first question Johnny: can broth can they afford to go up are they going to bottle it again like they've done the- the League Two title. Aye, uh, a Couple of years no, ago. No, it
1: was uh, League One to get up into the Championship. Was um, it? Was it League One before? Yeah. yeah? And they were comfortably good enough to go up. My dad was living in Arbroath at the time, and he said he thought a lot of a, a lot of growth fans thought that they didn't want to go up, um, due probably to the financial side of things. Um, I don't know what the the case will be this year but they've been comfortable in the playoffs the entire season. I've both um, say they've actually got a, a very good team. They're normally very good going going forward. And that'll have to be their, their priority against Dumbarton. And again, we talk about coming in on form, and, and Dumbarton really don't do that. But the, for me, again, you've probably... As I said, these playoffs are so hard to call, but Dumbarton cannot be underestimated because they've been in the championship for so long now. Playing against full-time teams, week in week out, they're bound to have the experience. They're bound to be strong. Um, the only thing they're lacking, obviously, is the, a lack of playoff experience, which is probably to their credit, in in fact. But I don't know. I think you have probably put them button down as favourites for the tie. But they, then again, they start the, the game. It again feels over two to one, which, as I've said, which is absolutely crazy to think. And I just as I wouldn't underestimate. Um, Dumbarton in these
0: playoffs at all yeah I mean you mentioned there that's the well it's the first time Dumbarton have been in the playoffs since 2012 Uh, Dumbarton beat they beat Airdrie to get in a championship and they've not been anywhere near um, that ninth place uh, since Uh, I mean they actually beat Arbroath on route uh, that season it was quite an interesting way aside there but as you said Arbroath uh, we talk about playoff experience but Arbroath haven't really Uh, Had that much either in the last couple of years. Um, So, certainly an interesting one. This, I think, uh, yeah, I'm not really sure what what, I think, how how I think this game will go. I think maybe worth uh, mentioning Dick Campbell before we move on uh, and his (laughs) uh, post match after the the Queen's Park match. Uh, it sounded like he had a stroke or something. What, what, what was going on? <laughs> Hopefully, Dick Campbell's
1: back alive again for this playoffs uh, <laughs> because it genuinely sounded like the boy asks him a question and he waits about four seconds and then responds with two words to which the answer is yes. And then he waits and like another was... six seconds to answer. He's heavy the reading. He responds in the third person.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, he's a, a love a wonderful wonderful character, Dick Campbell. And Scottish football would be much worse off without him, especially in the lower like leagues. We, but
0: we do need him in the championship, though.
1: Once again, <laughs> he in. said about there ten words, there. and the interview was about <laughs> three minutes long. He sounded so, he sounded genuinely sounded like he'd just been lapping the pitch.
0: <laughs> what are your predictions? then? Are, are Dick Campbell's men going to go all the way or? Do you think Wraith will, will put their demons behind them?
1: I, this, As I said, this, this, this is was so tough to call, hard to predict. It? League 2 yeah. have come out with loads of bold claims. Um, League 1, I will say Dumbarton will beat Arboroth over the two legs. and <sighs> oh, I'm edging towards Wraith, but I'm so scared. <laughs> I'm just scared to say it. <laughs> Um, I'll say a Wraith Dumbarton final and I'm going to say Dumbarton will win it
0: mm. interesting very interesting uh, we'll, with that we'll look very quickly at what we've done with League 2 we'll look at the League 1 team in the season as you mentioned there are quite a lot of our players in there Neil Parry goalkeeper Scott mm. uh Ian Flanagan's also in there as well uh, yeah. Ian Davidson from Wraith uh, Jason Thompson, uh, Lewis Vaughan, they make up the the Wraith contingent. Uh, Thomas O'Brien is the only player from our broth. Uh, a few other players as well, Declan McDade Michael Moffat, and Alan Shankland, uh, as you would expect. And from Albay Rovers, Alan Trouton. So yeah. there's I think that's quite a, a a decent one. There's not really any glaring omissions. i say saying that one. Well, the only one I can really think of is Craig Moore, but then you can see why he's been excluded given the 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 amount of quality strikers in that league
1: yeah um, so it's sort of just the top every player from the top four teams apart from Troughton who uh, has managed to be a part of a team that will get relegated Uh that have been relegated from from League One incredibly but I think obviously Troughton will probably find himself back at in League One next season if not at a higher level I would Wait, imagine he's, he's
0: signed for he's signed I mean, for Hour. that was announced yeah that was announced a couple of hours ago so oh.
1: Well, apologies for missing that one. So there you go.
0: You're right though. You
1: were right though. And I suppose I was right, even though I was an hour late. Well, um, <laughs> well, I suppose he'll, he definitely will find himself in League One or the Championship. Um, and if I'm right again, then he will find himself in League One, I guess. Um, <laughs> he's, he's been out all around League One, obviously playing for Air and breaking and he's always he's always been an impressive player. Um, knows where the back of the net is. Unfortunately it didn't obviously work out for him at Ayr United. He was quite a, f- a frustrating player to watch, I guess, uh, because he knew he would be a I, I don't know if he even worked out at Breaking good.
0: either, to be honest with you. Yeah. I'm not sure if it I think it's really been since he's joined Albion Rovers where things have mm. turned round, which is is weird to say, but I think it was maybe the 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 first half of the season where Albion looked at a a decent size, maybe not so much the latter say se- uh, half of the season, but you still you know still scoring goals. So, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know what it is, but Best yeah, I, as I mentioned, are a lot of quality strikers in the league. I mean, guys like Ryan Wallace, Chris Duggan, they yeah. haven't made the team, and I think if. Obviously, it's a League ball, but these guys would get into the, the League Two team in a year uh, easy. And I think even in our couple, of, even if it was in our year, they might even have got in as well. Um, so that just shows you how many quality strikers there are.
1: Yeah. Um, but one of the major things as well, as I said before, is how many ALA players are in there. Yeah. Um, it just shows you, especially defensively, just how good they are to have uh, obviously a fullback and a keeper in there, um, as well as a midfielder. It just shows you how good. Aloua have been uh, this season and as I say in another year they could easily have, have uh, challenged for the title but just a bit unlucky with how good Wraith and Air have been and obviously having two full-time teams in the league as well uh, which is very unusual for League 1 does, doesn't it three full-time teams sorry um, doesn't help so
0: well yeah I suppose if it, you count, I still count Airdrie as a full-time team you count
1: Airdrie as a full-time team you kind of forget that they are given how they're actually nearly in League 2 <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, well uh, I, I yeah. they weren't really in a relegation battle but yeah as I said the only maybe shock is well it's not even really a shock it just sums up our United season probably the fact that they've got no defenders in the team um, and <laughs> they've managed to get the not a come off Shankland yeah uh, <laughs> Shankland's just been on a different level this season it really has been um, and I've no doubt that if he uh, if air hadn't gone up this year he would have gone up as w- anyway because he's I'd say he's a really really good finisher um moffat who's been played in a completely different position from where he's been used to for the most of his career so basically played defensive midfield against rangers when i was at somerset park um and obviously mcDade who <coughs> got a voice break there mcDade who's a a, a wonderful player to watch um really intricate footballer really skillful player so but as I said no no uh, defensive players does not surprise me given that they had to play a lot the season with Jamie Adams at centre half as well there
0: yep Uh, with that we'll move on again Uh, we're going quite fast here Uh, we're going to the Premiership playoffs of course there's just just the one game at the moment uh, given how it's structured Uh, the fell under the United that's tonight it's a huge game, this one. Really look forward to this, actually. I think there will be a great crowd from both teams. I think uh, United actually had snapped up a uh, 1,000 tickets on the first day of sales, so they, they'll be up for it, and there'll be a big uh, United contingent there coming down. The fair one, informed team going into the playoffs, out of all of them, if you think about it. I think that, um, <laughs> the fact that Inverness were unbeaten, and 12, and he still couldn't catch them. I think that says just everything about how good uh, Dove have been recently.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what I said on the podcast yesterday, I think I said, um, on the, the review that was released on Monday, mm. I said that they were absolutely, well, obviously Vanessa, they they sort of winning this Diddy Cup, as they as they call it. It spurred them on big time. They think Inverness were in a false position all season because they were playing nice football. And they were quite unfortunate to not make the playoffs. Obviously just cost by a, a, a quite a slow start to the season. But for Dunfermline to sort of fend them off, and they've been they've been absolutely exceptional, um, to make the playoffs. I say if Inverness had made the playoffs, I would genuinely fancy their chances because I think they are a, a very good team, but say Dunfermline they've the United are undefeated against them since they came down. Um which is quite an incredible record considering how well Dundee the United have been drab for a
0: lot of the time they've been down to firmly right yet I actually, be- I actually think that the games against the Firm have almost kind of shown well almost kind of microcosm for for Dundee United's season the start, of the start of the year the two games against the Firm 3-1 and 2-1 for United and at the end of the season it was 0-0 and one h and that's when United were in free fall so it was bad at the end of the season it wasn't bad enough where they would actually lose these games against the Inferman but I don't know how much because like, a lot of people are talking about this as you said they haven't won since uh, United have got relegated hmm. you you see hoodoos at like this all the time being broken in playoff games, I, I'm not sure if it's really going to play that much a factor but I, I could be wrong
1: Yeah, it just depends whether actually as we you say as is, it's a hoodoo or whether <laughs> as United will probably argue that they're just, and maybe Lashley would say as well, that he just knows how to play against Dunfermline. Um as I said when, when I was last at Tanner Dice, the guy I was sitting next to said to me, Look, it doesn't matter how poor a season we've had, going into one off ties with Dunfermline and Livingston, obviously a Livingston side who are second, um, coming in on slightly different form, who United have just beaten on Saturday. Um, in a one-off tie with Livingston, they'd certainly expect to win, and given that they've not lost to Domferma since they came down, they'd be expecting to win that one as well. So, if you had to, and I'm sure if you looked at the, the prices then the United will be favourites, I think I would probably have them as, as favourites as well. Um, whether that's maybe got something through with the size of the club as well, um, well, we'll probably find out once they actually played Domferma. But, as I say, I, I do think United are probably favourites to win the, the sort of championship side of the playoffs, if you will, and then obviously we'll find out who, they'll, who will be 11th from the, the top flight.
0: Well, let's talk about that then. Uh, it's going to be either one of the firm one, Dun United, or Livingston. You think it'll be Duny the United then, yeah? They'll yeah, that's my prediction, team. yeah. And they'll play what looks like at the moment Partick Thistle. Could still be... Dundee or Hamilton or even Ross County who could maybe uh, make a last ditch effort so we've talked about it so many times in the podcast but I'll get your opinion again is are we going to see the championship team finally overcome the premiership team or is that is the gulf in quality just too too vast or is it that thing again where the playoffs are, are weighted too heavily in the favour of the Premiership team.
1: Yeah, definitely the playoffs are weighted in favour. I don't think the, the gulfing quality will have too much to do with it. Although you have to say in the in the cup competitions this season I was I was shocked by you know, even Park physical going down to Queen of the South, etc. There was games where so you thought there was slip ups and even when the lower league team were the favourites and they rarely won. Um but I don't think there's a, a massive gulfing quality between the, the top of the the bottom of the top flight and the top of the bottom f- and the second tier um, <laughs> I don't think there's a massive gulf in quality I just think it is completely unfair how they weight it it should be 11th v 4th, 2nd v 3rd and then a final, it's just the same as they do in, they do it perfectly in the other two leagues and then just for some reason I don't know why they they managed to make this so complex, how they managed to make it so unfair we've um, seen it in years before and I know Cow will be angered if he's listened to this but <laughs> if you watch the way Falkirk came through um, obviously they had Hibs over two legs and then was it, did they come second Falkirk? they did didn't they they did finish second yeah they come yeah, second yeah. and they yeah. had Hibs over two legs who'd obviously already played two legs as well themselves and then by the time they played those two legs we've got another two legs and he's Kilmarnock and that second well I think Kelly were a better team in the first leg as well. Don't get me wrong, but second leg, you could, you could just see the Falkirk players were just out on their feet. They were destroyed um, physically, and I do think it's I think it's totally unfair the way that they're set up, and it's completely in favour of the the top flight team. And I say they should just they should just copy the they've got a system that works in the lower leagues and a system that's clearly unfair in the, in the top flight to the second tier.
0: Here's a question for you: If the the it was the same structure as what we see in like 1 and League 2. Would we see would would any of the Premiership teams have went down the last couple of years?
1: Um. Well, I'm struggling to remember who would have been playing. So the
0: obviously last year it was Hamilton and United in the final season Dundee before. United was finished. Carly, Falkirk, as we mentioned.
1: Yeah. So in that season, Morton came fourth. So it would have been Hibsby, Falkirk over two legs, and then it would have been Morton Kelly over two legs, and then the final would have been well, you can say that Falkirk would have been Hibs since they did, and then Kelly after two legs against Falkirk. It's a different tie, isn't it? They've I mean, Killy have played two yeah. two games extra, and I think Kilmarnock probably still would have won that, said they were probably the better team, but there's no way they would have beaten them 4 0, Falkirk. Um, as for last year, was Hamilton came. Second bottom, where did Dundee United come in the league last season? So they were in the playoffs. That's a question.
0: I may uh, get this up actually. Maybe I've asked, asked this question.
1: It's trying to remember because the playoffs kinda blur your vision because you just know well, they were in the playoffs and you don't remember exactly where they finished unless they obviously came through an extra game. But looking at it from this year, you'd fancy think about the team that comes eleventh. There's no guarantees that they're beating Dunfermline that's a really really tough tie and then obviously United have got Livingston again who they've just beaten on Saturday so you'd be fancying you'd probably be fancying them even if they have obviously they were beaten at Lively earlier this season
0: so last year United finished third so they'd play Falkirk because they obviously beat over two legs Mm. Uh, Morton finished fourth last year so they'd play Hamilton Uh, and I'll just get the season before as well Well, that would have been Falkirk what what we talked about Falkirk uh, and I think i think. the well, season before anyway? Not the Hamilton season. So against Hibbs. or was that the season? before? I think that, that was two one? seasons is, before. Yeah. No, sorry, that was the Ranger season. So. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> of course. Yeah. So that that would be interesting. That one. Uh, See, it's it's just afraid. it's
1: a it's a much more interesting system. It's a much more fair system. It's just it's honestly just so it's better in every way and I just don't know why they don't do it because imagine this as well um, this season you'd have Dunfermline as I say against 11th place winner of that against uh, the winner of United Livingston it's just it seems much more exciting doesn't it than United feed and then v Dunfermline and Dunfermline v and then sorry the winner of that versus Livingston two ties which we've really seen four times this season <clears throat> and then the winner unfairly plays a team that it's been resting for weeks. Um, well, no, they'll just this season they'll have just finished the league actually, so it wouldn't be as bad. But I think with that Falkirk season, Comanic knew they were going to be in the playoffs for weeks before. Um, so I do think it's it is unfair and it needs to change. But you just as I say, I think Dundee United have got a decent chance. I don't know why I think they've got a decent chance because I also would not be surprised if them crushed them in the playoffs. I really wouldn't, but something's telling me they've got a decent chance
0: okay so i don't think we've got any questions even though we put a tweet out uh (laughs) you guys just aren't responding to these questions i think you're just fed up with us just ridiculing these questions sadly so yeah no more questions apparently but um yeah that is that is us that is another part of the the week of boss ball uh and yeah thank you for listening Johnny thank you very much for uh, taking part in this again no problem pleasure to be on again and I believe we'll probably have a a war league season review uh, before well after the season's done obviously uh, yeah. after all the playoffs are done and after we know how everyone's See how, wrong we how everyone's fared yes yes so <laughs> I think we did all the predictions as well so we can maybe bring them back and, uh, and laugh at each other for how wrong we were
1: Yeah. That's what I like to do I like laughing at people that were making bold statements uh, just do you like to be... laughing
0: at yourself though for making bold statements
1: mm, no because
0: my bold no. statements will be spot on interesting ok <laughs> uh, with that uh, thank you very much for listening and uh, we'll see you for the 200th episode on Thursday